Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Hollywood Raw Podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Raw Rundown. My name is Adam Glynn. Thanks for joining me. Not here today is Dax Holt. Dax Holt is on vacation. That's right. He deserves a vacation sometimes. But uh, I plan to take some vacations this summer. I won't be going to Hamptons like the rest of the New Yorkers. I go down to the Jersey Shore. But joining me today is a special friend and a, a guest of the podcast, but also one I would say is a pitbull of the celebrity news reporting scene out there, senior reporter of the U.S. Sun, Jessica Finn. Jessica, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? Adam, thank you so much for inviting me on today. I love I love what you guys do all the time, and I love getting to join in and chime in on uh, on my take and the Sun's take on all the big stories that are happening right now. I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Jessica and I, I call her the pitbull of entertainment news because she's been doing this longer than I have. But she's like she works hard. She knows what she's doing. She does, you know, when there's something going on out there, she will put out a team or she'll like she'll stake out to see what's going on with Meghan yeah. Markle and stuff. They're working on Madonna right now. They're working on all these stories. Pete Davidson. We're running into all these stories. So I want to actually have you got you on Jessica because you know what's going on in with these people's lives. You also know what's going on in the newsrooms, what they're talking about, what they're working on. So I just love the insight of what you're you're doing there. And you, again, you've been doing this longer than I have. Is it funny, Jessica, when you go out, like people just want to talk to you about celebrity news and they think you know all the answers and you know a lot of insight, but you don't know everything. Does it get exhausting or do you just love it? You know, it's 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 great, but it's also um, one of those things where I try not to say what I do when I first meet somebody because I just don't, I don't want to have to like get bombarded with the questions about like work and work celebrity stuff. I mean, I love talking about it, but there comes a point where you're just like, if I don't say what I do, I can kind of keep this safe space about it. And then there's also this interesting thing where a lot of people for some reason think that because it's celebrity news, it's not necessarily accurate or true. And I think that there's this misconception, I guess, maybe stemming from the heyday of the big magazine covers that are kind of like a little extrapolated on the facts um, that I think that people have this misconception that just because it's about a celebrity, it's not accurate, where they don't realize that we have entire teams of uh, lawyers behind us vetting our stories. We have editors vetting our stories. Um, so talking about this stuff is really interesting because I think that there's like this idea that like, oh, it's a celeb, so it can't be totally accurate. But they have no idea the kind of work that gets put into the fact checking of, of, of everything. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent because you cover celebrity news. It becomes gossip. But if you covered what we do in regular news, it becomes news. It's so I've never thought about that, but that's so interesting. But I think that's part of the allure of the entertainment business. That's what, you know, they kind of say they don't like it, but at the end of the day, they all like it because it it brings in eyeballs. So it's it's so funny. When it comes to celebrity stuff, if you're a celebrity journal, if you're a celebrity journalist, you're paparazzi covering gossip. But if you're doing the same thing we do for another genre, for business, for tech, for regular news, you're a journalist. It's just, that's the showbiz part of it. 
It's yeah. so funny. That's a very unique thing. But listen, yeah. I yeah, yeah, that's great. And also, uh, Jessica, which this story is not in the top ten stories of the week, but Jessica was on the forefront of breaking all the Wendy Williams stories. She came on the podcast and told us everything that's going on with Wendy Williams. Are you still like covering Wendy close, or are you kind of giving that a break and working on some other stuff? Yeah, so Wendy is supposedly in rehab right now. Um, I think her team is calling it a uh, treatment facility. Like they're kind of like sidestepping what it really is. Um, but Wendy, for all intents and purposes, from everything we understand, she is still in a facility and still getting help. Um, I am still aggressively covering the Wendy beat. I have more stuff coming from um, some conversations I've had with her son uh, and follow-ups to our big exclusive first ever, the first ever interview we did with him, uh, the first ever interview he's done um, that ran earlier this month. Uh, I definitely have follow-ups coming out about that. Um, yeah, Wendy is forever an interesting topic and it's really fascinating to see the kind of control that uh, this guardianship has over her finances and how her family has been uh, cut off from her fortune and her continuing to work despite severe alcoholism issues that she's uh, been plagued with over the last several years. So yeah, no, we're still aggressively covering Wendy and I'm looking forward to being able to break the next big story on her. Is her ex-husband have anything to do with her still? Is he trying to help out or is he just kind of like wa wa wiped his hands, washed his hands and said, all right, um, I'm done? Yeah, you know, I think that the ex-husband is really interesting. I mean, I think that the only person that was really able to kind of guide her for a long time was actually Kevin Hunter, her ex-husband. Um, and I think that once they divorced, finally, her life kind of spiraled because there was nobody really able to take control over her personal her personal life and her finances in the way that Kevin was managing her because Ken, Kevin was actually her manager and her husband. Um, so nobody was able to really step in that role as nobody would be able to. Um, and I think right now he's he's taking a real backseat and I think he's just trying to navigate things as best he can for his own family. I know that he's uh, been trying to get access to the money that was uh, supposed to be earmarked for him in the divorce that he's been cut off from. So I think beyond trying to navigate his own little portion of the Wendy world, um, I think he's kind of taken a step back and is trying to stay out of the mix right now. Especially yeah, no, her son has came out and, and done this major interview with us. And I think he's really letting, um, you know, letting uh, little Kev speak on behalf of the family because, you know, he has the most to, to lose in Wendy's, you know, with Wendy's health failing and everything else. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it, looking about it, that the husband, the ex-husband is allowing the son to kind of take control a little bit. So I, and he's an adult, so, uh, you know, which he should be. All right. On to the top 10 stories of the week. Usually before we do the top 10 stories of the week, we read a review, but I'll save the reviews for when Dax is here. Again, Dax is away, so our friend Jessica Finn, senior reporter at the U.S. Sun, is here today. And make sure you check out her stuff, her stories. I mean, she's when she posts uh, – when she write, when you see her name on her story, I, I write, I'd listen to it, I'd read it, and take notes because it's, it's all the real shit. She works hard. All right, starting with the Raw Rundown, number 10, Jennifer Lawrence – clears the air and says she never hooked up with Liam Hemsworth when he was with Miley Cyrus. Do you remember Miley was with Liam Hemsworth? So when Miley Cyrus released her song Flowers earlier this year, many of her fans believed the lyrics were about her split from Liam. In the video of the song, she opened it wearing a hooded, golden metallic dress, 
Some believe the outfit was a dig at Jennifer Lawrence as it looked familiar to one she wore to the first Hunger, Hunger Games premiere in 2012, which is sort of unique that they're able to kind of track the dress back to the premiere that she wore at the Hunger Games premiere in 2012. Given the franchise released between 2012 and 2015, there's speculation that Cyrus was suggesting that Hemsworth had been unfaithful to her with Jennifer Lawrence. While during our recent appearance with Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, Lawrence was asked if the music video was referencing a secret fling and she had with uh, Liam Hemsworth. So Andy Cohen flat out asked her, can you respond to this? And I actually respect for Jennifer Lawrence. She did. She goes, I would love to. It's not true. It's a total rumor. Uh, the Oscar winner went on to explain that while she and Hemsworth did once share an off-screen kiss – he was not involved with Miley Cyrus at the time. Uh, and I will quote Jennifer Lawrence says, I mean, we all know we only kissed one time. It was years after they broke up. So I assume that that was just a coincidence. I didn't. Did, was that a big story that Miley, that Liam Hemsworth hooked up with Jennifer Lawrence? By the way, I love that Jennifer Lawrence admitted to it. And she was very cool on Watch What Happens. And she kissed Andy on the show. But. I thought it was very cool that she kind of was very flat out about her personal life and hooking up with Liam Hemsworth. I love Jennifer Lawrence and I love her on Watch What Happens Live. Whenever she's on that show, she does a phenomenal job of being honest and open and kind of in your face. I know she's a huge Bravo fan. Um, she's obsessed with with all things Bravo from Housewives to, uh, God, I want to call it Scandable, uh, to Vanderpump Rules. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence is an absolute gem on the show. I'm not surprised that she would uh, be forthcoming about this rumor. I don't remember it being a like real rumor when we were covering the Hunger Games and when we were covering um, Miley and Liam. And I think it's interesting, though, that it wasn't like a really bubbling to the surface rumor because I remember watching the Hunger Games and thinking, and they have amazing chemistry. Like I remember it was definitely in the back of my brain while watching the game, watching it. But I also remember at the premieres, they had this bizarre, Liam and Jennifer and J-Law had this bizarre like thing where they wouldn't like stand next to each other. And like, they would make sure that they weren't like cozy, cozy on the carpet. Um, so it's interesting that this kind of became a thing all these years later that, that, that it's kind of grabbed headlines. Cause I think that there was like, kind of like, I remember people pointing out like how they would stand away from each other and how they were like kind of standoffish looking during the um, carpets. And there was some speculation that they, they were doing that on purpose at the time. Um, but I love that this is now all these years later, like a new headline that she has to address this, uh, this rumor. And, yeah, and, the, I, and the dresses are identical. I mean, they're, they're practically identical. The gold dress that Miley's wearing in flowers and the one that she wore at the J-Law wore on the red carpet, they're, they're nearly identical. Yeah, it's crazy they're able to, to track it saying the dress she wore that Miley wore in flowers was similar to the one at the premiere. I mean, who even thinks about that? Who even tracks that? But the internet is probably some of the best journalists out there that they're able to kind of put it back and forth. Um, I, you know, she did say it was a kiss, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm a guy, I got to imagine, was there anything more than just a kiss or was it, you know, a one night fling and they had a really good time. And then I also wonder when you have a fling like that and because there's so much money in the production of that film, do you tell the bosses, the producers, Hey, we had a thing. I want to be honest with you. I don't want to overshadow the movie of our kind of dating. So, cause they were very protective of making sure they weren't together. I also will say to this, Andy Cohen's show, Watch What Happens Live, 
is such a great show because you watch the late night shows with Jimmy Fallon, you watch it with Jimmy Kimmel and and Colbert. But I feel like this is one of the few shows where you actually take away something from the interview. First, the questions are great. Andy's great. The celebrities sort of open up almost more than they do with Howard Stern, I think. And what he does in 22 minutes is such a great show. You're able to walk away with one of the interview, one of these interviews with so much new knowledge or even respect for a celebrity. Like I didn't really know much about Jennifer Lawrence as far as personality-wise. But when you see her and watch what happens, it makes me like her more. Yeah. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, Andy is, I think people are really at ease on on Watch What Happens Live. And I think the drinking probably <laughs> helps a little. The fact that he serves all of his uh, guest booze for the most part. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a really easy show for celebrities to kind of be able to open up in this fun environment where it's not super serious. And it's great because in getting that kind of laid back atmosphere, he's able to get these great headlines out of it on top of, you know, just to further promote promote watch what's happen watch what happens live. Yeah, I'm you know, I know it's you can look it up, but I would be curious one time to look up his numbers compared to some of the other late night show hosts. And I actually said to him this week, I I ran into Andy this week and I interviewed him and I said to him, Do you ever feel like your name is among those crazy late night hosts? When I mean crazy, I mean the big late night hosts. Do you feel like you should be in that mix. And he said he didn't really care about it. But at the end of the day, I do feel like his name should be in the mix with all those big late night hosts because I think it's such a great show. It's so fun. It's so good. He makes people who I don't care about interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Number nine, BB Rexa has opened about her recent weight gain. Uh, she says, I know I've gained weight. Humans go through fl- uh, fluctuations. She captured on a video on her Instagram. Not going to lie, it does suck and bother me when I read comments, but it comes with the territory. I've been learning not to judge myself and accept myself while also trying to make a healthier uh, healthier decisions in my life. She ended the post with a middle finger to the camera. As I don't know if I didn't know this. Uh, the singer has opened up earlier this month about she had – now, Jess, you're going to have to help me out with this term. She has polycystic polycystic ovary syndrome. Yeah, polycystic ovarian syndrome, I think, right? I think they called it ovary. That's how bad I am when it comes to <laughs> the, the human genetics. Uh, so what's that word again she has? Yeah, polycystic ovary syndrome is the what, way you say it. What exactly this, is that? This is like where you get, um, I guess you get like polyps and 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 kind of growths is probably the right, the real correct terminology, growths on your uh, on your ovaries. And it's really painful um, and it affects your hormones. And I got to say, as a, as a woman, just I under I feel I felt when I had first seen her. Uh, speak out about having they call it PCOS for short. Um, when she first spoke out about it, I was like, "Oh, that's so interesting! I didn't realize that you can actually gain weight from this from this um, syndrome." And women go through so much with our bodies that you guys have no idea. Like, the, like I had a baby. It's just wild. The whole the whole women's women's hormones and how our um, how our uh, reproductive system is all tied in with our weight is just bonkers. And I, and I'm so proud of her. She looks phenomenal in this Instagram post where she's flipping the camera. She looks amazing. She's in this beautiful, sparkly, uh, orange jumpsuit thing. She looks curvaceous and she's just kind of owning it. And I love that she's like flipping off the world and saying like, you know, F you like, yeah, I gained some weight. Like this is who I am right now. And, you know, it sucks. It's tough to deal with, but it is what it is, you know, and I'm going to try and make that. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah. 
it's yeah, it's B- phenomenal. BD's cool. I, I think it's very cool. She talked about it, and especially about weight gain. She's like, yeah, this is what's going on. I think it's cool to be uh, open about what's happening. I believe her. You know, sometimes I feel like some of these celebrities will kind of uh, exaggerate and lie for something that's going on. But I kind of believe her story because she's been very open. I, she's had an interesting month. Obviously, last week we talked about the cell phone incident where a fan during one of her concerts threw a phone and hit her in the eye and cut her eye pretty gnarly. But she came back the next night and performed and kind of joked about the eye incident. And uh, I don't know. I kind of I like her. I like BB Rexa. I think, and also she still looks great, even with a little bit of weight gain. I'm not. It's like I there's. It sucks. I mean, as you know, as a woman, and then also as a public figure, people are always going to talk smack about you about your looks. And listen, I'm the first one to talk about celebrities, and people always ask me how this person look. We talk about people's public image, um, it, you know, when they're public figures. It's just part of the business. It's part of life. I'm guilty of it. I wouldn't judge her because she gained weight, but she still, I mean, she looks great. And I, I respect her for just kind of being blunt about it. And just like, this is what it is not. And also it doesn't sound like it's a PR answer. It's generally her coming from her. Does that make sense? Yeah. A thousand percent. I mean, this isn't like, and, and it's, and it's inspirational when people are able to, you know, address something as it's, it's so hard because somebody in the public has to uh, has to face this criticism on a daily basis, right? Like people in comments saying, oh, look, she gained weight. Oh, she got fat. Like all these like kind of online trolls that people have to deal with in the public eye. And I just love that she just really owned it. And, and, it's, and it's really, um, it's inspiring. And it's also like a good look for young girls to be like, hey, look, just because somebody gains some weight, it's, it shouldn't be the end of the world. It shouldn't be the end of their life. Like, you know, if, if people, if more people were, you know, forthcoming and being, and being able to, you know, say, Hey, look, yeah, I gained weight. Okay. Like get over it. Like if that was really the way people addressed weight gain and weight fluctuations, I think that the world would be a better, kinder place instead of, you know, being all weird about it and like letting the online trolls dictate the narrative, you know? Yeah. So, no. Uh, and I also, I, like I said, I respect an answer, a response that came from her rather than the simple, the, the usual PR answers. Yeah. I, I'm sick of the PR press release kind of answers. It's so gross. It's so weird. It's in the PR playbook. That's why publicists to me, it's, uh, it's sort of like a slowly dying breed. And it's, it's just, a, it's become out of tune. That's my opinion. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Anyway, back to the Raw Rundown number eight. A former Disney star from the show Wizards of Waverly Place has entered porn 
<laughs> yeah, Disney's probably not happy about this. Uh, Dan Benson, who's, who actually worked with Selena Gomez on the show from 2007 and 2012, has no regrets over the decision. Benson explains that while he thought he'd be met with shame, he actually experienced a lot of love and empowerment, and he's glad the stigma associated with porn isn't being hurled his way. On the job front, there's two. He found a healthy environment. He's happy. He's doing work. He did say that he's been asked to do some things that he just doesn't feel comfortable doing. I guess the majority of his work is on OnlyFans. He's probably making a lot of money, and I think him kind of couldn't making some rounds in the media this week saying, hey, I'm a Disney star entered porn is done very well for his career. I mean, it, it's just people are interested in seeing that stuff. Uh, Disney, on the other hand, has got to be so upset and just trying to figure out how can we change our SEO, our search engine, so this doesn't come up a lot. I got to imagine, right? I love it. I mean, what a way to like just – to re regain control of your career, of your of your ability to make money, I think I think the move from you know child actor to uh, to 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 OnlyFans porn star is just an incredible reroute of a career. Like it just it makes so much sense. Um, you have the ability to make your own hours. You're not like stuck to a, a set schedule. Um, and, you know, I, it makes a lot of sense. Um, this is like, how do you say her name? Bad baby. How, how much yeah, money did that cash me outside girl make in porn? Oh, she's like, a multimillionaire. Yeah. I don't think she was even doing porn. I think she was just taking photos. I, I mean, again, I didn't uh, subscribe to her OnlyFans page, but I think she was just like posting provocative photos. She might have posted some, some stuff. I don't know because I just didn't want that in my Google search of me looking up uh, that girl's social media but the same thing with dan benson i was curious to see how much he charged but i didn't want to go to onlyfans.com and look in his name i didn't want that in my search engine but he's probably making some very good money and i I get it life is expensive it makes so much sense it's just it's it's a great way to really just i mean if you're good in front of the camera you're good in front of the camera like what else are you gonna do if you're not gonna get the work as an actor anymore i don't see what what's the harm in it you're not hurting anybody you know yeah, we actually we actually had uh, a former Boy Meets World star, Maitland Ward, on the podcast uh, a while back. But she was awesome, and she's in the adult film industry, and she was on Boy Meets World, I think, when they were in college. And if you look her up, she's one of the biggest adult film stars out there. She makes a lot of money. She and she looks at it as acting. Of course, she's you know doing some some crazy scenes, but she does. She's like, listen, I I try to put some theater into my my roles and. She makes very good money. She's she's laughing to the bank. So I get it. I understand it. I I don't shame you. I just won't be subscribing. It's not my my genre. I I go to. It's just not my thing. But I I'm just. Hey, listen. I don't even know why I even said that. I'm just <laughs> again. But no. I listen. Power hey, to him. I, I I give anybody who does that stuff. Life is expensive. You got to do what you got to do to make ends meet. And he's got no regrets. He's got no shame. I'm happy. He's happy. But speaking of boys, yeah, what are you saying? I'm sorry. I love that it's like no longer like control, like these like celebrity sex tape kind of things used to be so controlled by like vivid, um, by like these porn companies. And I love that people are able to reclaim that, you know, that, that ability to make money and just do it on their own with, with things like, um, like, uh, like you porn, like, um, only fans. Um, you know, because it used to be like they'd have to go through a company like Vivid and put out 
a sex tape and it was a whole process where everybody was getting a cut and something like OnlyFans are making so much more profit off of it and they're able to promote it the way they see fit. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Good for him. Good for Dan. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, good for Dan. And obviously I just brought up, um, boy meets world and that goes into our number seven story child star turned politician ben savage hasn't spoken to his longtime co-stars will friedel daniel fischel and Ryder strong in three years the show which was insanely successful a big show of my childhood uh it's kind of crazy that they don't there's no communication he ghosted us says Danielle Fischel. This is what she told uh, Riding Magazine. She, um, she, he kind of disappeared from our lives. The 42-year-old actress hasn't seen the 42-year-old congressional candidate since he visited her in the NICU after her first child, um, which was in 2019. Uh, she says, we were just so close, especially during that time. He was checking in with me regularly. Yeah, pretty wild. Will, who played uh, Ben's on-screen big brother, insisted that there was no fight, there was no falling out, there was no animosity before he disappeared. He says, I've known him since he was 11 years old. He was, uh, we have shared history. We were doing these conventions together. We were getting to know each other as adults. And then he just kind of went, I'm done with you. And I finally sent a a I finally sent a text saying, I've known you for 30 years. What's going on? I'm going to call you every day until you tell me not to call anymore. And that lasted about for three weeks or a month, every single day. Wolf Frito continued, I've tried and tried and tried for months until my wife was like, why are you doing this to yourself? Uh, he doesn't want you in his life. Last year, Savage lost his election to the West Hollywood City Council and he wed his girlfriend of four years. But it's, uh, it's kind of weird that there's no kind of communication. And I know the writers, actually it's funny, the Boy Meets World cast, not including Ben Savage, went and and kind of um, they went supported their the writers guild and went on strike. Ben did too, but he did it on his own. He was um, so it's just sort of yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just weird that he's not. There's no communication between the star of the show and his castmates. And they've done these comic cons together where they make money together. They do photos and autographs with fans. I just I would love to know what the deal is there. And I think that's Ben needs to address this eventually. Um, it's weird. I've met Ben Savage before and I, I was hoping like, I thought he'd be a nice guy and he was very awkward and uncomfortable. I have to say that personally speaking. I mean, listen, that's just my, uh, my interaction with him. He was sort of uncomfortable and maybe not, I don't know, but it's, it's weird that you don't talk to your co-stars anymore. People that you've worked with for years. I mean, me and you work together and here we are years later, we're doing a podcast together. These guys yeah. were on TV together. <laughs> I couldn't imagine it. It's just, it's, it's really, it's really sad. Um, and good for, good for his co-stars really speaking out about it. Um, and it does leave a lot of questions, you know, it's like, is he trying to distance himself to get into, to get serious in politics? And, you know, is he, is he embarrassed by the Boy Meets World fame? I mean, that was a show and this is really, really dating myself here, but like, that was a show that I watched as a kid. Um, it was such a big deal. It was such an iconic show um, for my generation. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, I couldn't imagine like having such a wonderful, well, I mean, I would think a wonderful experience with these people for all these years on television and then to stay in touch with them and then one day just stop answering them. It's just yeah. so strange to me. I don't, you know, and, and I'm really, you know, it's, I, I, 
And it, it must be heartbreaking for his cast, for his former cast members, if they're speaking out like this so publicly over and over again. Yeah, again, they're working together as adults too, doing these comic cons, and they're doing a lot, and they're making very good money. So, um, I res- again, I respect Daniel Fish and Will for kind of publicly talking about what's going on behind the scenes because I know that's not easy, and he put a lot at stake. But you know what? I think the fans appreciate that because they're probably wondering once you know what the deal is here and. They're just being honest. Like, listen, there's no relationship. We don't know what we did, and that's it. But hopefully we find out what's going on because I'm interested. All right, number six, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend have announced the birth of their fourth child by surrogate. The model musician welcomed a third baby this this past January after suffering a miscarriage in 2020. But Chrissy, 37, and John, 44, did not wait long to expand their family and now welcome their fourth child via surrogate. The TV personality, Chrissy Teigen, took to her Instagram on Wednesday to share the happy news as well as the story behind their glowing, uh, growing family. Um, she wrote on Instagram, for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted for children as a little girl, two glow worms and two cabbage patch dolls were perpetually in my arms, helping me stir in my pretend kitchen, uh, pretend kitchen watching Alf with me. Chrissy closed out her post saying we ate uh, uh, with a, like a nice message. She basically said, we ate hot pot to celebrate, watch Vanderpump rules with our growing bellies. Our family's blending into one for the past year. Just minutes before midnight on June 19th, I got to witness the most beautiful woman, my friend, our surrogate, give birth and miss a bit of chaos, but with strength and pure joy and love. I love that she kind of made this message about the surrogate because that's got to be a very emotional about the surrogate. So kind words about how the surrogate is still and now part of their family four childs two kids since january that's a lot but they must have some good nannies and they can afford it as well i mean they can certainly afford a quickly growing brood of children um and surrogates and the very best in you know prenatal care and postnatal care i mean good for chrissy and john legend um i did really appreciate this post though i mean like you so many women in Hollywood choose the surrogacy route. It doesn't, for a lot of different reasons, from health reasons to, I'm sure, let's be honest, weight gain reasons, I'm sure is a uh, concern of about uh, for people who are in front of the camera all the time. Um, and you never hear anybody actually address the surrogate, right? It's so unusual for the surrogate. The surrogate is not only named in the post, we don't have her last name, um, but she's also, um, so there's also a photo of her. Uh, in the post, which is so, so unusual. Um, And there's a really beautiful homage to the surrogate in the little boy's name. Ren Alexander is his name. And the surrogate's name is Alexandra. I think that this is a really beautiful post. And this is kind of goes back to um, what we were talking about before with celebrities doing these like really pre-canned PR things. I think that Chrissy went with her gut on this post and decided to open up about her family's journey and talk about the surrogate specifically and how important she was. Whereas, you know, usually it's this big hush hush thing. It's like the surrogacy agency and, you know, nobody ever talks about who the surrogate was like the Kardashians. They've had their children via surrogate, Chloe, uh, Kim, you don't, you have no idea who these people are that carried these children. Um, so good for Chrissy. Good for Chrissy yeah. coming forward and being honest about the process and open about it. How do you, let people. me ask you this, Jessica, and you might not know the answer, but maybe you might know. And I say it because you're a woman and you're a mother. So I maybe you might know some insight on this. When it comes to surrogates, at least in Hollywood, 
how do they find the surrogate? Is it the normal kind of way of finding a surrogate? Is there special? Have you heard of any like a super agency agency or special agency for the rich to find the right surrogate moms? Oh, or is it I, just... I wish I've done more work on this. I'm sure there's some kind no, of I, like I, I don't know. I just why I threw it out there. No, I'm sure there is though. What a fascinating like you know uh, line of inquiry to to kind of dig into. I mean to see if there is. I'm sure there's some kind of premier surrogacy agency that you know A-listers in Hollywood go to. I mean, and I'm sure that. That the that the people hiring surrogates um, in this in this realm in this really you know um, high net worth realm uh, and status I'm sure that they are keeping a very close eye on the, the women that are carrying their children like not yeah. not and I'm not saying that to be like negative like oh no yeah yeah high, but like I'm sure that these are people that are either either they're if they're not living already in LA they're flown into LA I've heard that I've heard that women will be put up. Um, you know, somewhere locally, if they're not from the Los Angeles area, they'll have, the celebrity will have the surrogate live somewhere nearby so that they can be in touch with them and be there throughout the uh, throughout the journey. So it's yeah, it's it's an interesting interesting um, line of inquiry though to kind of yeah. dig into. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and. What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number five, uh, I mean, it wouldn't be a raw rundown this past month if we didn't have a Kim Zolciak story because somehow she's been maintained very relevant in uh, the news the past month and a half. Kim Zolciak called the cops on her estranged husband, Croy Bierman, earlier this month. It was all because he allegedly accused Kim's friend of kidnapping their young son. Uh, there's audio from a 9-11 call. Uh, 9-11. There's a, yeah, never forget. Uh, there's an audio obtained from a 911 call Kim placed on June 16th in Georgia. In the chat with the dispatcher, Kim says she's stressed out about her husband flipping out, claiming he accused her friend of trying to kidnap their son. The backstory is a little murky because essentially Kim explains that she signed off on her girlfriend to take her son on a play date. However, based on Kim's description, it sounds like when Croy called wind of this, he lost it and threatened to file a kidnapping report against the woman who is picking up their son. Kim says this caused not only her friend to freak out, but also Kim's son in tears. And Kim tells the dispatcher, dispatcher that she's going to pick up her son. It's a strange call. And it's just, again, adds to what's going on between Croy and Kim. What have you heard about this? Are you guys big on this Kim and Croy story? Or do you think it's just a PR stunt? Me and Dax uh are like torn on this. You know, okay, so so I think that the divorce is very real. I think that um, the financial issues are a thousand percent real. I'm not surprised that they're getting a divorce, that it comes on the heels of their home going into foreclosure, which was a story that we broke. Um, it's 
but this 911 call smacks of a PR stunt. Like, it seems like at some point during the call, Kim had to admit that there was no real emergency. Yeah. That there wasn't, like, it wasn't like Croy was immediately on the phone with the cops filing a complaint that her friend had kidnapped the son. It just seemed this whole, this particular phone call seems like it was probably like, hey, I'm going to call 911, make this complaint, and then maybe tell TMZ about it. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that celebrities do this, but it kind of feels like that with this one. It doesn't seem like it was a real emergency. And I don't know if you should be calling 911 if you don't have a real emergency. It is supposed to be for actual emergencies. Yeah, 911 calls, uh, in Jessica, you've been involved with 911 calls become public record. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So you could find out and you could actually hear that 911 call. And that's what happened. And like you said, Kim ended the call by telling the operator that she called them back if she needs further assistance. Um, She seems to have just wanted to put this on the cops' radar, which is exactly how the police noted it in their write-up. So, yeah, weird thing. But are you guys – let me ask you, as you guys at the U.S. Sun, do you guys – when you start to hear like a PR-ish type stunt, when you hear some things within the story – do you guys put more gas onto the story or do you guys kind of lean back and say, you know what? It just depends on the news cycle. What, how do you guys work on this? We typically like this? will lean back. Like, you know, we'll, we'll follow something. Um, and then once we get the idea that somebody is doing something simply for press, it really devalues the information. It devalues the story. And it starts to like, I mean, people aren't, yeah. people aren't stupid, right? At the end of the day, when things look like PR stunts, the reader knows you can tell, you know, you can tell that somebody's leaning into something just to get uh, attention or, you know, eyes on whatever, whatever they're doing. Um, so yeah, no, we, we tend to lean back. It's a, it's a really strange thing. The PR stunt stuff. It's we try and avoid playing into it too much. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Number four, John Hamm, and I'm going to maybe butcher her name, but John Hamm and Anna Osceola. Is that how I say it? Is that how you say it? Yeah. I couldn't figure it out either. It's okay. John Hammond, sounds good. John Hammond and Anna Osceola have officially tied the knot with a little nod to their Mad Men roots after reportedly meeting on the set of the iconic AMC series in 2015. Uh, they got engaged in February, and after two years of dating, on Saturday, they exchanged vows in front of a roster of celebrity pals, including Billy Cruda, Paul Rudd, Brooke Shields, and Tina Fey. Uh, the Newlyweds held their star-studded ceremony in a stunning cliffside spot known as Anderson Canyon in Big Sur, California. It also happens to be where they filmed the location for the Mad Men's series finale. John Hamm is 52. Osceola, Anna Osceola, is 35. Uh, they held the ceremony, and it hasn't been made public, but somehow the photographers were there and got some shots. Uh, it looked like a beautiful wedding. And it's crazy because I just saw John Hamm on the street eating lunch he was with like, I mean, I don't think he was doing anything wrong. I wonder if he was with the girl, but he was with like six women eating lunch in like the West Village. And I called some paparazzi and I said, Hey, man, you want a shot of John Hamm? And everyone passed. I'm like, Yeah, we can't make money on John Hamm. They just didn't care about John Hamm. It's funny. It was like, there, it, she, he wasn't worth the gas. He wasn't worth going from the East Village to the West Village. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. We'll let him walk around. But John Hamm, who was a very good looking guy, big guy, by the way, Ultimate Bachelor. Uh, is now officially off the market. Uh, I actually, have you ever met John Ham? No. And this story, I mean, this was one of those stories. I had a really busy, like, personal weekend, and it was one of those stories. As soon as it popped into the my newsfeed, I was clicking on it. I was clicking on it. I wanted to see who Anna is because John's been the ultimate bachelor for all of these years, and he's so good looking. He's so Very good looking. Yeah. 
and he has some yeah, yeah. really nice assets, they say. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's, I'm always interested in who's John Hamm is dating. I mean, who's the lucky gal? Um, so, yeah, I've never had the pleasure, though, of meeting him. a funny John Hamm story. So I used to get calls from this one restaurant. And this was when I was, I was on TV. And this one restaurant used to call me, give me tips whenever celebrities were there. And this one night they go, hey, listen, you got to come by. John Hamm is here. He's eating with Larry David, Cheryl uh, – what's her? Cheryl Cheryl, uh, from, Cheryl from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yep. Cheryl yep. Lloyd. What's her last name? Is that, isn't that his wife? Uh, well, uh, well, actually, uh, Ron, Cheryl Curb – I'm going to look it up right now. Cheryl yeah. Hines. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah. So Sh- Cheryl Hines, John Hamm, Larry David, Robert Kennedy Jr. Yeah, and that, they were eating dinner together. So I, I, they're like, come by and shoot it. I was like, okay. I just wanted to meet. I actually didn't want to shoot it. I wanted to get a photo with Larry David because maybe Cheryl Hines would talk to me, and, and she's always fun and cool. Larry David's not really into it. But Cheryl, like, I just kind of wanted to get a photo with Larry David. I actually have a photo from that night. So I go outside the restaurant, and all of a sudden, the owner is like, Adam, come inside. Come inside. He thought I was a star because I was on TV, and I wasn't. I was not famous at all. I was just on TV. And – he goes, he brings me into the restaurant and goes, hey, guys. And at the table, they're all sitting there. All the celebrities are sitting there. They go, I got Adam from the show I was working on. They, I got Adam. And they're like, huh? Oh, okay, cool. And they're like, they're like, he's like, hey, let's pull up a chair. And they're like, what? Like, we're having dinner. Like, we don't care about this guy. So they pulled up a chair for me. I'm like so uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable. The owner just is so clueless. And I sit next, so I'm sitting at the table with Larry David, John Hamm. Cheryl, what's her last name again? Hines, Cheryl Hines. Hines, Cheryl Hines, and Robert Kennedy yeah. Jr. I'm sitting there at the table with them for like five yeah. minutes, and they're like just enjoying the conversation, just like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and eventually, Larry David leaned over to me. He's like, so how you doing? I was like, I'm good. I And I pretty, pretty much said to him, like, why am I here? And then all of a sudden, I pitched him an idea on Curb Your Enthusiasm, which basically lost his attention. And then after like 10 minutes of uncomfortableness energy, because – they didn't know who I was, and I was like the paparazzi outside trying to get interviews. They were just like – I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to go. It was just a really <laughs> weird interaction, but it was kind of fun to see, sit at a table. And I remember they were all dressed up, and I was wearing like a T-shirt and jeans, and I looked like a four-year-old. Like I, I honestly – I looked like a make-a-wish kid. I just did not look like I belonged <laughs> there. That's my job. Man. All right, number three. Number three is a story I know that you are really actively working on. Comedian, actor – I guess he's an entrepreneur now because the guy's making so much money in business. Pete Davidson is in rehab after struggling with borderline personality disorder, PTSD, they're saying. The Saturday Night Live alum is being treated at the same facility in Pennsylvania where his close friend John Mulaney sought help for alcohol and drug issues, we're told. Our one friend said Pete regularly goes to rehab for tune-ups and to take a mental break, so that's what's happening. And his admission comes weeks after he was forced to apologize to the head. I don't even know if he was forced to apologize, but I guess the public kind of went after him. But um, the admission comes after he was apologized to the head of animal charity PETA for uh, leaving a foul-mouthed rant on their answering machine uh, because he was buying a puppy. He was also charged this month with one count of reckless driving after smashing his car into a Beverly Hills home. Uh, in an interview with radio host Charlemagne the God in February 2020, he has discussed how he deals with depression and suicidal thoughts. Jessica, I know you're actively working on the story. What do you know? Do you have any insights? Tell me what you got. 
I mean, I thought I thought that just the one thing that I that stood out to me immediately was that he went to the same facility as John Mulaney. And if you have seen John Mulaney's recent stand up, he actually shouts out Pete Davidson in the stand up and said that during his intervention, after his intervention, which was the star studded event, the John Mulaney um, stand up is absolutely hilarious, by the way. Incredible. Yeah. Hilarious. He talks about his star studded intervention and that Pete had called him afterwards and was like, hey, man, are they blaming me for you relapsing? Which I thought was kind of telling and kind of interesting. And it was like one of those things where I'm like, huh, why would you bring this up in your stand up? I'm not saying that Pete is using. I mean, it seems like this is all a mental health, um, mental health kind of tune up, like like he has said. Um, but it is interesting that he's decided to go to the same place that John sought help at. And it sounds like it's a great facility. Um, you know, it's nice to have these kind of resources to go to the very best care for your mental health when you have a crisis. And good for Pete. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we're Pete's actually uh, expected to do a stand up special pretty soon. And he's going to talk all about this from the women and everything. So it's actually just building up to his allure. I think people are very interested in him. He's not on social media. So it's pretty unique. It's very interesting. How did, but let me ask you this, Jessica. How do people find out that Pete goes into rehab? Is that the PR trying to get ahead of it? Is it because you would think that's a very private thing? Do you think people in his camp leaked it? Because I can't imagine the facility that he's going to leaking the information. I mean, they've done stuff like that in the past, but how does that stuff kind of come out? I mean, I think that I think typically what happens more often than not when somebody goes to rehab is that somebody is frequently seen by paparazzi, frequently seen by people in their circle. And then all of a sudden they disappear and they disappear for a bit. And people start to wonder, where is this person? And I think that's a lot of times how things break. It's a simple two plus two equation. Like, you know, we haven't seen so-and-so in two months. They've This is not Pete's first rehab bid. This is not Pete's first dance with mental, mental health issues. You know, he's had struggled previously with addiction issues. So I think when somebody like Pete disappears, people start asking questions and you ask the right questions to the right people. Eventually you'll find out where Pete is. And that's, and that's likely how this came about. Yeah. I mean, Pete, it's, he actually had a good week this week. Buckus, which is a show on Peacock just got picked up for season two. He's got a lot of movies in the works. I mean, career wise, the guy's crushing it. I mean, it's crazy. It's not, I have, we have, I'm friends with, Pete, I've you know I'm friends with Pete, and uh, I haven't talked to him since all this stuff went down. We have mutual friends. His success is giving his friends even opportunities too. It's just kind of like it's a wild thing. But he glad like he's yeah, I'm glad he's in the good thing. He's just a good guy. Pete Pete is is a generally good guy. Uh, number two, uh, this kind of goes uh, Guy Osiri, who's Madonna's manager. I actually saw Guy Osiri this week. I saw him walking on Bond Street with Chris Rock, and I don't. I wanted to actually interview Guy, but not Chris Rock, because I got I thought Guy was interesting. But this was a day before Guy puts this thing on his Instagram. Guy posts on his Instagram, and again, Guy is the manager and producer of Madonna. He basically says that Madonna has been hospitalized due to a serious infection. Uh, Madonna's 64. She was in the ICU due to a health scare and is now recovering. On Saturday, June 24th, Madonna developed a serious bacterial infection which led to a several-day stay in the ICU, he wrote. Her health is improving. However, she's still under medical care. A full recovery is expected. She has canceled or actually put off her tour for now. What are you hearing about this? I know the sun is all over about all over this story. I mean, Madonna is just she's, – she's a unique person. What do you know about this? I, I mean, it's scary. I mean, she's not – 
Yeah, she's not. I, I keep wanting to say this, but it just sounds wrong. She's not a spring chicken. She's not. She's not young. Um, and it's scary when when uh, bacterial infections in general are scary. I read this morning that she was intubated at one point, which is really terrifying. Um, you know, it does seem like she's on the upswing, and it does seem like all of her family has ra rallied around her. The fact that guy is in New York is, you know. I think speaks to how serious it is. Lourdes was by her side all week, um, you know, but it does seem like she's on the uptick. I just don't know what's going to happen with her celebration tour, if that's going to, you know, be postponed indefinitely, if, you know, if she's going to be able to rebound in time to pick it up. It, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch in the coming days and weeks to see how how well she rebounds from this. But it's, it's scary. Yeah. yeah, she was planning a 43 city tour. From what I've heard that Madonna, like, she works her ass off. Like, she's, even though we don't see her a lot, but behind the scenes, she's like a workaholic. And I know you guys at The Sun are all over it. And, again, keep checking out The Sun. Keep reading Jessica Finn's stories because she works hard. I mean, she, yeah, she works hard. I know you did a lot of work with uh, her boyfriend, the guy she's dating, the boxing trainer. So good work on that. And uh, keep reading The Sun and Jessica Finn's stories to find out the latest on what's going on, Madonna. On to the number one story of the week. Ryan Seacrest is now the new host of Wheel of Fortune. Pat Sajak announced he is leaving the show, but Ryan Seacrest is taking over the show. This is interesting because when ABC had to find a new host for Jeopardy, they kind of let it go on for a little bit. They brought in guest hosts. They let other people try it. But with this decision, ABC made a decision right away saying Ryan Seacrest is going to be the new, the new host. I know a lot of people kind of made a little bit of their name, got a little bit of attention saying they want to be a new host. I think we heard Whoopi Goldberg put her name in the mix. Actually, Andy Cohen said that would be his dream job. And I caught up with Andy this past week. And I wanted Andy to say, I was just curious. I interviewed Andy this week and I asked him if he got a phone call about the position. He said no. He actually kind of thought and kind of knew that Ryan Seacrest was going to get the job. I mean, he actually is, in my opinion, a great person to kind of take over. Reason is, is his personality doesn't take away from the actual game show. These game shows, they bring in huge numbers. So, you know, uh, Seacrest has said, I can't wait to continue the tradition of spinning the wheel and working alongside the great Vanna White. However, Vanna White has uh, remained under contract. She still remains under contract for at least another year of Wheel of Fortune. But he has yet to sign a new deal. I mean, there are some stories, people saying that Vanna White potentially should take over as the Wheel of Fortune host. Uh, I mean, it's a good move for Ryan Seacrest. He seems really ex happy and excited for the thing. He talks about the, the history of the show in his post on Instagram. Uh, Pat Sajak is 76. He did the show for 41 seasons, which is a long time. What are your thoughts about this decision, Jessica? How do you think ABC handled it? Did they make the right decision? Adam, I think you totally nailed it. Ryan was a thousand percent the right choice. He doesn't detract from the actual game itself. I think that that's really important for a host for something like Wheel of Fortune. The, the game is everything. Um, and it's the perfect gig for Ryan because the, they only tape like 34, um, 34 days a year. They tape such a short, they do multiple, multiple shows in a day. And Ryan is such a busy guy. 
um, and he likes to be all over the place. The man loves to work. So being able to have such a short amount of taping time allows him to continue doing his, you know, his radio, his morning radio show. And uh, I'm sure he's going to continue on American Idol. Um, and, you know, he just likes to keep busy. So this is, I'm sure, a very lucrative deal for him. And it's a perfect, perfect to fit into his super, super hectic schedule. And I personally can't see Vanna White continuing. Like, I don't. You know, if she didn't get the the gig, the gig, right? I can't imagine that she's going to stay on after after this next season. I'm sure she'll probably shepherd Ryan into this new era, and then you know, who knows what will happen after that for her? And if she maybe she'll retire. I mean, she's been doing it for forever as well. I would love to hear an adventure she'll talk if there was any communication. Ivana White, if she ever was in the talks of becoming the host, you know, switching it from touching the letters, pulling the letters to actually being the the main host of, the t- of Wheel of Fortune. So we'll have to stay patiently and wait for Vanna White to eventually talk about this deal because some people wanted her. Some people thought it was just the right thing to move to have a woman game show host. These hosts are these these jobs are very very lucrative. They're great. Th- they're great gigs. Everybody wants to be a game show host because they make a lot of money. I mean, I didn't know Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune get eight million watchers. You know, people eight million. What's the word? Eight million people eight viewing million the show. Viewers? Yeah, eight yeah. million viewers. Eight million people are viewing the show every single night. That's a Insane. lot of people. And we love our games this year too. People we love, love game shows. They're family yeah. shows. You kind of walk away with something, so it's fun. Game shows do really well, but it's hard to kind of create a new game show. They're always trying to create new game shows. They don't last, yeah. so it's uh, very hard. But that's our raw rundown of the week, Jessica Finn. From the uh, from the U.S. Sun, thank you for joining me. Where can people check you out, Jessica? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter uh, at Jessica Finn NYC on Instagram, Jessica Finn NYC. Although my Instagram's a little boring these days, but yeah, you can follow along and also at the-sun.com. Yeah, so check out Jessica's stories at the Sun. The story, I mean, the Sun's one of my favorite sites. It's one of the most reputable. It's just great content. And Jessica is one of the senior reporters there that does an amazing job. Jessica, again, thank you for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you're on TikTok, if you're on Instagram, follow us at Hollywood Raw, at Hollywood Raw Podcast. We also have a private Facebook group called uh, Off the Record. It's just a, it's a, it's a great group. It's a really – we call ourselves the Raw Dogs because just it's a really good community. Follow me at Adam, at Adam Glenn. Make sure you follow Jessica. Dax is away, but he will be back. We'll see you guys next time. See ya! A Huda Media Production.